0: Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the -the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist.
1: And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years.
0: And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves after becoming parents.
1: Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies.
0: I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon. That can help maintain and even improve your relationships.
1: Thanks for joining us today.
0: We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hi. We're going we're gonna to do a little bit different episode today. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we're back together doing a solo episode here.
0: <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about love languages. There's a lot to say about this. So if you don't know what the love languages are, this was a book that was written by Gary Chapman back in 1992. Here's a shocker for you. I've not read the book.
1: Yeah, the original book we have not read. I have
0: not read the book. However, I became pretty well versed in the five love love languages since being a couples therapist because almost all of my couples would talk about their love languages, usually in the first or second session, as like a very important piece of information. We recently listened to a podcast episode by Glennon Doyle, Amanda Doyle, and Abby Wambach. It's the We Could Do Hard Things podcast. It's episode 151. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to listen to it. And they went over the good, bad, and the ugly about the five love languages. And it was pretty interesting. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what the love languages are, Gary Chapman put five different love languages into a category. And essentially what it is, it's how we show love and how we receive love. And these five different love languages are gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch and
1: acts of service acts of service thank you and that's a big one for me i i think that's one of my love languages is acts of service that's also sometimes how i show my love language acts of service but i think it's important to know that those can change over time
0: yeah Yeah. so after listening to that podcast there were some eye-opening things one we discovered that gary chapman is not a therapist
1: yeah that's a shocker (laughs)
0: um so that probably explains why the five love language book was not part of my graduate school repertoire, because that was primarily sold in Christian
1: bookstores. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> we did. I we listened to this podcast, which it is a great podcast. So make sure you go out there and listen to it. Maybe this will make a this episode will make a little more sense once you hear that, too. But yeah. um, it's eye opening. And it's eye-opening for me. It's a good reminder, like, well, shoot, if I practice something, maybe I should do a little bit of research behind it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, so so we're not here to trash the five love languages. It's yeah. just it's we, we found it interesting and we wanted to kind of share our thoughts and our views about it. There are some really positive things about it, you know? I think if, if you are expressing love a certain way and your partner doesn't see it or it's not their language or it's not the way that they receive love – you could be on completely different paths and feel isolated and unappreciated and unloved.
1: Right. In fact, it makes me think of the episode with Jillian and Nathan, you know, uh, Nathan talks about, you know, being a sarcastic smartass from day 1, you know, and and he'll he'll say a couple things in that podcast episode and at, at first you kind of maybe you cringe a little bit like, oh, that was kind of harsh, but then you hear Jillian laughing in the background and like Jillian just she under that that's that's how they communicate together and and it's done out of love but it, it may sound a little different to us. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think one one thing that's really helpful to know about these love languages is that when couples are hurting, they're they're really wanting that easy fix, right? If I just do the dishes, then I'll have more sex.
1: That's my goal <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, you know, when you're feeling desperate, you want to be able to, like, do whatever you can to make the relationship better. However, like, this is kind of viewed as a behavior plan, not necessarily addressing the real issue of the emotional attachment or that secure attachment that we really desire and want with our partner.
1: You know, if you take it as gospel, no pun intended there, but it's it's almost like a quid pro quo. I'm going to do this yes. so that I get this. Yeah. Right. There's behaviors and actions.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which could lead to resentment. Yeah. For sure.
1: Well, yeah, you you and I talked about this before the episode. And, and just because somebody's physical touch, if you're talking about, you know, as as an act of, of intimacy or, or sexual relations, if you will, um, if one person's not into it, then then you're draining somebody else's bucket but to to then fill to fill someone else's right like you're draining your own bucket because you're not into it and you don't want to be there but you're you're doing that to fill somebody else's bucket but really I think the love languages should be it's my love language and if I'm I'm hoping hopefully I'm refilling my bucket as well as refilling yours through our acts of love languages
0: yeah one thing that this particular podcast episode uh, talked about was they they only equated the physical touch with sexual uh, touch. So, I you know I think we're both very much in the mindset that physical physical touch as a love language also includes like you rubbing my shoulders in the kitchen when I'm you know prepping dinner or uh, us holding hands on the couch or. Um, you slapping my butt when I walk by.
1: (laughs) Right. Every chance I get. (laughs) Yeah. And so to, to clarify the podcast that we're talking about, they only talk about physical touch being sex. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's lots of different kinds.
0: I tell you what I have read though, is the five love languages of children, which was written also by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell. And that was published in 2016. So it's a relatively new ish book. And I actually found that extremely helpful um, to be as as coming from a parenting perspective because your children are also going to have their own love languages. And one of the things that really stood out to me in that book was they asked adults, did your parents love you? Like if I were to ask, like, do your parents love you? Mm. Of course, you're going to say, well, yeah, they, they love me. I mean, that's hopefully everyone's saying that. Yes, they loved me. And then the next question is, Did you feel that love? And so many adults are like, no, not really. Yeah. And a lot of that might have had to do, at least their theory in this book, is that the parents have a very different love language than their children. And so they're missing each other.
1: Yeah. It's nice that that book actually had somebody from the mental health field co-writing it.
0: Yes. Disclaimer, Ross Campbell is actually a clinical psychiatrist, so that
1: helps. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to (laughs) add that layer in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Gary Chapman obviously is an educated man. He's got a graduate degree. He's got, you know, he's got his master's degree. Uh, he's got his, they call him Dr. Chapman because he has a doctorate in uh, adult education. Yes. Was it philosophy or something? Yeah. Yeah. So And he has some ministry degrees in there as well.
0: One of the negative things, a huge negative thing about the the book is that it's very heteronormative and this book is definitely catered to those who have more conservative Christian values and beliefs, Yeah, which is obviously going to exclude a lot of people. <laughs> uh, and with the idea of physical touch being its separate love language, that can also lead to a lot of damage in relationships. And that you have this idea of like, well, Gary Chapman says that, You need to have sex with me because that is physical touch is my love language. And that's the only way that I feel loved. Yeah. So it's very surface level and it's not really addressing the true nature of a relationship. And in fact, when I work with couples, you know, we we don't spend a lot of time on sex and intimacy because I found that so much of that is an outcome of the relationship so if your relationship is running smoothly, there's a lot of emotional connection there. You feel secure. Typically, people report having a more satisfied physical connection in the relationship, assuming there's no other, you know, medical um, or, you know, past past traumas that are getting in the way as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last thing I would want for anyone that I'm working with or anyone is to feel pressured to be physical with your partner based out of you know guilt for because that's their love language or um, feeling pressured in any way that's not I am not a, I'm not for that
1: yeah well no matter what love <laughs> language is there needs to be the thought and the emotion behind it as well yeah Dr. Chapman is obviously not LGBTQ plus supportive in that community Right. There are several interviews outside of the love languages that he has had. That he definitely ex- he explains the love languages and and the books that he writes are based on beliefs within the Holy Bible. Scary Mommy wrote an article back in 2013 uh, discussing Gary Chapman's five love languages and kind of picking apart some of the verbiage on it. There's a question from his website. That somebody, a listener, wrote in a question. They do like a question and answer on Dr. Chapman's website. And one of the questions that were written in was My son has recently told us that he is gay. I'm having a, har- a very hard time dealing with it. How can I help him with this and still show love? Which is such a great question. Mm-hmm. Gary Chapman's answer to that is. Disappointment is a common emotion when parents hear one of their children indicates that he or she is gay. Men and women are made for each other. It's God's design. Anything other than that is outside of the primary design of God. Now, I'm not going to try to explain the ins and outs of homosexuality. But what I will say is this. We love our children no matter what. Express your disappointment and your lack of understanding to them but make it clear that you love them and that you will continue to love them no matter what. I would also encourage you to ask your child to do something to do some serious reading and or talk to a counselor to try and understand himself better while continuing to affirm your love. Yikes. Yeah. I hate that that he starts with you know men and men and women are made for each other. Tell him you're express your disappointment and your lack of understanding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how hard is that to hear
0: yeah it's a bummer yeah anyways
1: read the article from scary mommy it's super interesting they go through um some of the verbiage that chapman uses is is demonstrate love as jesus would instead of show your love love the person not just demonstrate it
0: uh, there was a response by some of the listeners of the Scary Mommy community, and it says, quote, We queers feel cut to the core when someone comes at us with, I love you, but I don't approve of your lifestyle. Because to us, this is not a lifestyle. It's who we are. To love the sinner, hate the sin folks. They are loving while disapproving of a particular behavior. The way a parent might love an adult child, but disapprove of them having an affair or being a Democrat. Behaviors can be modified. Obviously there's some some big holes missing in the five love languages and it's very pigeonholed to a particular certain group of people.
1: Yeah. Um there, there's definitely some biases there and yeah. And I but again, we're not we're not saying throw the whole book out the window.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I again, I found the the one on children very helpful. Um and the the main one I'm sure is also equally helpful as evidenced by the amount of Couples talking about it and being mindful about it, you know, throughout their relationship. What's your love language, Aaron?
1: Well, I would. How do you
0: feel loved?
1: Well, I would. (laughs) It's interesting, though. I so uh, I my love language is acts of service. Words of affirmation, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: However, after listening to this podcast, they touched on, actually, there should be more love languages. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone should define what their love language is. And after listening to that, I'm like, well, shoot. I mean, those things are still valid for me. Those are still love languages for me. But they mentioned one that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And And it was shared values. So surrounding yourself with loved ones, with people who speak the same worldly truths that have a common interest that have a common culture they just have a common belief system and to spend time with those people regardless of what is happening it's it tends to refill my bucket and it's the opposite when i spend time with people that don't share my same truths it's actually draining for me so it really resonated it really resonated hard with me
0: yeah, there's nothing better than hanging out. And there's particular groups of our friends that are popping up in my mind right now. When you hang out with these groups of people and you're sitting and you're talking and you're just like, ah, yes, I feel so seen right now. And not just like individually seen, but like we collectively as a group of humans, like the the whole vibrations race. Yeah. <laughs> throughout.
1: And, and you know what? I'll give you an example of that. The first thing that came to mind was hanging out with Devin and Meg some friends of ours over the summer
0: yeah right we haven't seen
1: them in forever yeah and but we used to be really really tight and really close friends and we ended up going camping and after that trip my bucket was so full because even though we hadn't seen each other in a while we all we we speak the same truths and it just it was just a great evening of like catching up and and just hanging out it was great
0: yeah that was a good time yeah move back to
1: be on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let me ask the question to you. What's yeah. what's your love language? Oh, well,
0: I think, we, you know, when we kind of dissect this a little bit deeper as to more specific things, not just broad love languages per se. But I really appreciate being listened to. And I, I know that sounds like really... <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> You know that sounds really strange but what I mean by that is you know those little things I, I guess an example of that would be you know our kids go to swim lessons and we have to have their hair up and on nights where it's your turn to put them down I've mentioned like make sure you take the hair tie out because when they wake up in the morning it's like a disaster of a hair situation that I have to deal with so those situations in the morning when you put them down and their their hair is out and I said oh you took your hair tie out and they're like daddy took it out and I'm like uh or um, you got me some kombucha the other day and that was because several days prior to that I had said man I wish we had some kombucha that sounds really good right now and you brought home some that was very thoughtful it made me feel loved
1: and yet that was an act of service for me like that filled my bucket too I was at the grocery store I was like Randi said she wanted kombucha and that made me feel good yeah and so that's like that's, that's a great example
0: yeah I think we're pretty lucky in that we have similar uh, ways of feeling and expressing love, which not everyone has as a couple. Yeah. Um, and that, that can be really difficult. Our kids, for example, have very different love languages that we are being very mindful of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tallulah is a complete cuddle bug. Yeah. And even just running over to give you a hug, just like a 30-second a long hug. Mm-hmm will like re-energize her and she's off again.
0: Yeah. Ivy's love language or the way that she feels loved is gifts and, uh, words of affirmation for sure. Anytime we can tell her, you know, kudos or, and when I say gifts, you know, this is like,
1: Oh my gosh. Not, not presents, but
0: like a sticker or I wrote her a note in her lunch. That's a gift. Um, those little things are really meaningful for her, and you know, things to keep in mind, because I, <laughs> I really want our kids to grow up and and say, yes, I felt so loved by my parents.
1: Well, so it's interesting. So yeah, the gift give the gift giving for Ivy, she has this little three D doodler pen. So it's like it's basically like a, a hot glue gun that you can create little statues and little things. She loves that thing, and she makes these little funny. 3D like me sitting next to the fire thing, but it looks like a a crumpled up piece of plastic. Right. You can kind of see what it is. It's super cute, but not only is the gift giving important to her, but it's, we have to be aware that it's our reaction to that gift too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So she feels the love when we're like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like I could totally see myself cooking a marshmallow over that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you could just see like her face kind of warm up. Yeah. You know, I also think one of Ivy's love languages, which is not written down in a book, would be uh, stuffies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She loves stuffed animals. I know. I'm I'm like waiting like for the day that she grows out of that. She's, She's eight. So I'm like, is it teenage years or does she just always have stuffies? Because every single time we go to the store... Or she has, like, a little gift card or she has her allowance money or what have you. She always wants to buy a stuffy. Yeah. And she plays with them. It's not like she just gets them and throws them in a corner somewhere.
0: Yeah. They all have names.
1: She teach she sets them all up like a classroom. hmm Yeah. hmm So I think that's a love language for her, too, <laughs> some weird way.
0: Did any of your, you know, ways that you express or receive love change since having kids?
1: Mm, good question. I mean, I think it did. I, I I I do think it changed. Maybe not changed as far as what type, but changed of what services I was providing, like acts of service. So for me, it was really important that I was up at night with you when you were when you were breastfeeding. Where like I'd get you a snack, or I'd help make mm. snacks for you, you to made have. Me that tea. I, I like made that. you the tea. Like I, I tried to that. like be your sous chef of breastfeeding. Mm, mm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the acts of service changed, but maybe the concept didn't. I think before kids, it was like living, we used to live in Flagstaff, Arizona, where it would get really cold in the winter. And so maybe my, one of my acts of service would be making sure we went and got wood for the winter and had it all chopped up and ready to go before like snow started. Mm -hmm. Like that also, that filled my bucket, but also filled my bucket to know that, we were going to be all nice and warm in our house for the winter.
0: What's one of your favorite things is chopping wood.
1: I do enjoy it.
0: You, like, really love
1: it. I don't get to do it as much. I know. But I actually have a stack of wood in the back right now to cut up.
0: I know. You're just chomping at the bit.
1: We actually just recently got a little, like, wood fire pizza oven.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we'll have to maybe chop up some more wood for that.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: What about you? What's changed since, since and after baby?
0: I think my physical touch has probably shifted a bit. So, when I was when I was little, my my dad would always give back rubs to my mom every oh, night. Yeah. And I thought as a child like that's what that's what husbands do.
1: That's not what I do. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. I remember thinking like, "Oh man, that's going to be so nice when I get married cuz I'm going to get a back rub from my partner every single night and that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> it's just so much work. <laughs> That's not an act of service that I provide. <laughs> um,
0: and then, of course, you know, since kids, there's that tendency to feel overtouched. So that definitely shifted a bit for me. Now that our kids are getting older, you know, I welcome a lot more of that, like, you know, snuggling on the couch, holding hands, back rubs, that sort of I welcome back rubs. <laughs> Wait, what was that again? I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, you are so funny.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you, that has a lesson for you. I, I, I see that. However, I do hear you say there are days where you're still overtouched, and it's good that you mm-hmm. can vocalize that, so we know, like, okay, let's, you know, step back a little bit.
0: Yeah, or that one morning that I was like really upset. It was. It was the morning we launched, and Apple Podcasts was being a bum bum. Mm,
1: yeah, <laughs> and they take forever.
0: Didn't launch our episodes until like four hours past the day that or the time that we had it. So yeah. I was stressed out because I thought I was doing something wrong. I didn't get any sleep that night because I also experienced really fun insomnia, and I was super snappy and I was crying and
1: I had just woken up. You had been up for hours. <laughs> I was. I had just woken up,
0: and I. After a while, I felt vulnerable, and I was like, "I just need a hug, yeah, <laughs> and I, that helped a lot
1: yeah we, we we hugged each other, and I should have picked up on that sooner i i again i I was shooting from the hip, I didn't quite know hundred percent what was going on, and i was I had my fixer hat on, which we've we've talked about before, and everything I said wasn't accepted and was snappy you know it's mm-hmm. fine yeah but really all That's you true. needed was a hug and i should have recognized just needed that.
0: you to listen
1: <laughs> what's funny is later in the day i was eating lunch and i had a fortune cookie with it and i opened it and it literally said on the fortune today you will understand the meaning of a hug yeah. or the power of a hug yeah i'm like holy crap yeah. i did learn that today yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So we are wanting to do a very special episode on Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day falls on a Tuesday, which is lovely because podcasts are released on Tuesday, at least ours anyway. Um, And we would absolutely love to hear from you guys of how you express love to your partner and how you feel loved by your partner. And this could be anything.
1: Yeah. You could do an and or. It doesn't have to be both.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear from you guys and we want to showcase that on our special Valentine's Day episode.
1: But we would love some voice memos because we want to hear it from you. We don't want to read it. We want to hear it from you. Yeah. So we'll put a link in this episode, the description, that takes you to our Anchor podcasting page. And there's a button there that says leave a voice memo. Yeah. So click there and leave us a voice memo. We would love to hear from you.
0: Leave us a voice memo. Or if if you can't figure that out or if it's not working, you can always email us a voice memo from your phone um, at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com.
1: That actually might even be easier anyway. So
0: Yeah, it could be. One of the takeaways from the We Can Do Hard Things podcast was that they, they said, just sit down with your partner and have this conversation. Have the conversation of how How do you feel loved by your partner, and in what ways do you try to express that love because so often we we think we 're doing something, but our partner's not seeing it or not noticing or
1: and it 's important to have the conversation with with each other, but also if you have kids, which that 's kind of what this podcast is is all centered around love after lullabies, right so if you talk about how you feel your kids' love language are, and have they ever told you that have they ever expressed that to you? And if they're young enough, do you have a plan on how you nurture that?
0: Yeah. And that's a conversation I have a lot with my couples that I work with is, you know, how, what does your partner do that makes you feel good? Simple. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Now to watch some more football. (laughs) We're still crying from the Seahawks loss.
1: Yeah. Playoff football is the best. (laughs) Basketball playoff is good too, but any kind of playoffs. Basketball?
0: I've never seen you watch Basketball. Yeah, basketball playoffs.
1: It's not, they'll play playoffs right now. I don't watch basketball regularly, although I do love to go see the Blazers play. But playoff basketball is super fun. Huh. Anyways, once again, thank you for joining us today.
0: Stay tuned. Next week, we have a really fun episode with an interview by Steve Kalis. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's one of my favorites. They're all my favorite.
1: I know. Steve Kalis is, he's an amazing person. His story is just yeah. so fun to listen to captivating he also he, he also has his own podcast so you'll hear a little bit more about it next week but definitely join in you, you won't be sorry
0: yeah all right have a good week everyone thanks
1: everyone thank you for listening and your continued support new episodes come out every Tuesday please make sure you review and subscribe to our podcast we greatly appreciate it follow us on Instagram at love after lullabies. And if you want to be on our show, come on. You know you want to be on it. Email us at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com.
0: So she got brothers and three ears? <laughs>